Jack Fired Podcast is the best. Tell all your friends. Oh, oh. Hello, guys. This is episode number four of the Shots Fire Podcast. We're here with a special guest today, the women's golf coach at UTRGV, Brian Novoa. How are you, Brian? I'm really well. Uh, let's be careful how we use it special. <laughs> but yeah, no, guys, very, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate you having me. <laughs> Appreciate uh, your man, time. You guys, uh, you guys mean a lot to me, and I know we're going to be lifelong uh, friends, and uh, you know, both in our pursuit of mastery of the game, and and kind of like towards what we're working towards. So I'm um, I'm here for you guys, and I appreciate you having me on. How did the season start for you guys? Yeah, uh, so we got off to a slow start. Um, you know, the girls, I think, in my observation, didn't quite, uh, you know, dig it out of the dirt this summer, and we we came out pretty rusty. And then I think we 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 caught a better groove in October, and actually, you know, it's it's funny if you look on paper. We lowered our stroke average six strokes, but our strength of schedule now, you know, we're playing against uh, Pepperdine, playing against uh, University of Nevada, who shot 15 under uh, for two rounds the last two days in Vegas. Um, It's it's a little higher standard and and we need to raise that rate, raise our bar to that standard. But uh, what occurred was, is we got six shots better. So I, I have mixed mixed emotions, but it's competitive as I am. You know, there's there's still room to grow, still still some work to do always. And uh, I think we're going to have a really good spring if we take care of our business the next six, six weeks to 10 weeks. And that's, you know, them doing the work on their own and kind of like getting, getting sharp with what, uh, what they're capable of. That's awesome. Yeah. How do you get them prepared? Do you give individual work to each one of them or do you do more team drills or what do you do? So, well, my coaching style has evolved over the last five years a lot. Um, I, I create a, a training regiment which involves block, block practice, random practice, um, standard uh, chipping and pitching distances, and then uh, kind of proximity practices with wedges. And, and what I mean by that is like, even in short game, it's like, hey, six yards, 12 yards, 18 yards, 24 yards, 30 yards. Like, let's get our up and down percentages up inside of those distances uh, around the greens to begin with. Yeah. And then I attempt to uh, create the environment of different lie situations from those distances so we're prepared for everything that comes our way in a tournament or whatever venue we're going to like a golf course now having said that you know you only have 20 hours a week and gosh it's it's difficult to cram all of this in in such a short period of time um i try to compartmentalize it where we break it up 45 minutes of, of chipping 45 minutes of wedges and then 45 minutes of ball striking during those practice days interestingly enough awesome. what what the assistant coach and I are going to do next semester is we're going to play a minimum of 54 to 72 holes a week. Nice. Um, I, well. I feel as though, you know, we're not playing enough golf because it seems like we're just rusty in decision-making and rusty, like being, having the stamina yeah. for 18 holes at the college level, because let, let's face it, they have so much on their plate, you know, and, and yeah. golf takes so long to play. It's almost unfair, you know, like you, you, you guys did it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You have a 13 to 15 hour day on a Monday for 36 holes of golf. I mean, how do you train yeah. for that during the week um, at two and a half hours at a time? Like it's, it's virtually impossible, but you know, we do the best we can with what we're uh, with what we're given and, and the rules within the rules, of the NCAA and we move forward, you know, we, we, yeah. we, we try and uh, take care of our business as best we can. Yeah. Now, Brian, let's talk a little bit about you, your Uh-oh. college days. Oh God! That, I don't know. I, I've I've heard a lot of of good things about you. Okay, you were a college player, so I don't know if you can tell us about you and and your your records and who you were sure. in college. Yeah, so 
I'll tell you a little bit about my background. I grew up in a in, in a really small town, or say small town. It was about a hundred thousand people when I, I grew up. I grew up in Laredo, Texas, and I got really lucky. Uh, my grandparents uh, started raising me at the age of four or five, and they were retired. And um, my grandfather introduced me to the game at six or seven years of age, and I literally fell in love with it right away. You know, I started going once a week when I was seven, and then I was nine. I started going twice a week, three times a week, and then I was like, I saw this uh, documentary on the Venus on, on on the Williams sisters on HBO. I'll never forget. And then I was like, I want to be, I want to do that. I want to do golf like that. Like I want to train all day, every day. And uh, gosh, when I was 11 or 12, my grandparents started taking me to the golf course. My grandmother, never forget, I woke her up every morning at 6.30 and she would drop me off at the golf course. And I stayed there literally till dark. And I was self-taught my whole life um, and became a very uh, solid junior player in the state of Texas. I was probably ranked like number two, um, but didn't play on a national level, kind of played on a state level. And mm -hmm. I had some offers, uh, I guess my senior year in high school from Texas Tech, Texas A&M, UTSA, St. Mary's uh, in San Antonio. And, and funny enough, I, I had a girlfriend uh, whose dad, I think, owned the Chick-fil-A. And I decided to stay two hours away from her because, you know, you, you, that, that young love thing, you think, you know, she's the one <laughs> at the age of 17. And I, I went two hours away and didn't go to a bigger school, a bigger opportunity. Um, my freshman year, I was freshman of the year in the Southland Conference, played great. I think I had like a 73.9 74.9 stroke average and i was like man i want to go play against the best golfers and at the time it was the southwest conference so i personally probably broke the rules and called texas tech and said i want to come play for you i think i had like a 2.2 gpa and he was like oh, okay you know his, his name was tommy wilson he was the coach he's like that's fine and then i went there and and, and had a really great uh, uh i would say a solid amateur career great amateur career I won five times uh, in college totaling, I guess, from my freshman year to my senior year. I was all-conference three years. I was an All-American at Texas Tech, and I think the biggest highlight of my career was being a quarterfinalist in the U.S. Amateur. You know, I got to top 20 in the country, and it's funny, my perspective of golf, like, I wasn't a good student uh, in college. I, I focused my schedule even to this day. I remember I had class two days a week, and I literally practiced probably six to ten hours a day. That's all I did. And again, being self-taught, you know, I had, I had a really unique... <laughs> style of playing i was i would aim like 20 yards right and hit a pull cut and just really mastered that idea and, and kind of learned how to score and i got down to a 72 stroke average and that was good enough to win in in tough conditions um i wasn't a world beater but i kind of outsmarted players and made a career of that kind of even as a professional you know i made a lot of cuts on the mini tours and never made it through q school but uh developed some uh, intelligence and experiences that uh, allowed me to, um, you know, live a, live a fun, a fun lifestyle and also learn the little nuances and the little yeah. things that make a big difference in the game to stay out there. And I, you know, cause I wasn't the most talented player. I just was, was a little more disciplined on the golf course, not off the golf course, but on the golf course. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of outsmarted everybody. And I, I literally learned how to shoot 71, uh, during my life and and did that for a number of years and yeah gosh, I think I went to Q school 12 to 14 times and never made it out of second stage I never played well in November I got to play 10 corn Ferry tour events I think that's what the tour is called now and then I played the Canadian PGA tour for five years six years and you know I finished in the order of merit I finished 50th to 60th probably three or four years and then I lost my card in 06 and and got a job coaching uh, for a year there and then you know, as soon as I uh, started coaching, I was like, man, I miss playing so much. I went back to Canadian Q school and got my card back again in uh, 
07, 08, and then played that tour again for two years and had a little uh, health issue. And, and I decided to stop playing full-time competitively in okay. 2010 and dedicated my, uh, my life to teaching golf and uh, running a company called Scoring Solutions Golf. Nice, nice. It's pretty interesting to hear you talk about how different was college then than now. And I remember when I met you, I got into your office and I saw a like an award that you were All-American next to Tiger Woods. Right, right. Yeah, I was a third team All-American, but the names on that yeah. on that class that year were impressive. You know, Chad Campbell, he's Slocum, uh, Tiger Woods, Chris Riley, uh, who won on the PGA Tour, uh, Bo Van Pelt. Um, mm -hmm. uh, a, a number of winners, I, I think, were really just amazing during that time and, and kind of like it was... It was a class and obviously it changed that that year changed the face of golf if you yeah. think about it um because when tiger turned pro then you, you look at the revenue streams that started coming after him and those players got to take advantage of it or even got to take advantage of it on the mini tours i mean if you think about it because that's when the injection the influx started with the, the number of golfers trying to make a living because i got to tell you guys the truth like if i had to play against you two every day now i don't know if i would have done it i mean the talent pool is so deep And, and you literally have to learn how to, I mean, shoot 20 under a week just to have a chance on 7,500 yard golf courses. And, and it can be done. It's just having the uh, skill set to do that. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot more now. Yeah. You, you almost played against Tiger in a US amateur, right, Brian? I was two matches away from playing him. Um, you know, I, I lost to Robert Floyd in the US amateur, but you know, looking back, I was, I was, I was a scared little boy playing in that. And it was, it was like, I really overachieved. I did. Um, I, I was, I, I, I got to where I was because of my will and my desire. And uh, man, I, I started thinking, you know, you, the, the first thing mental coach is like, Hey, you know, stay present. <laughs> the first thing I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to Augusta. I'm going to, you know, you started like, wait a second, you have two matches to go. And it's kind of like, and I was with one of my best friends, uh, Jimmy Garza, he was catting for me at the time. And it was just utter panic. I think like, like <laughs> I was three down through five. I was, I was like trying so hard and, and then man, like he kind of like, you know, and then we just willed it deep and dug in deeper. And the next thing you know, and I get it to like one down with three to play and Damn. he hits a, he hits a shot on 16 to like three feet. And it's funny. I hit a really great shot, but it, it, it stopped in the fringe. Well, not thinking i just went up there and i i scooped it i said he's not going to miss that and then i uh i missed the putt so i went two down with two to play i won 17 and then on 18 i i think i still have a vhs of it i hit driver driver to the front of the green and i was so nervous to chip i putted it from off the green and hit it way too hard and then two putted so i lost two down in the quarters but it was it was a fun oh, run i beat i beat um god i think reed edstrom bo van pelt chris woolman who won the uh, pub link. So I had a really tough road to get to Robert. And then uh, I guess I would have played uh, Steve Scott in the semifinals who eventually wound up losing to Tiger. And uh, I think uh, Steve's career turned in one direction to the PGA of America and Tiger, obviously, you know, who he is today. Pretty, pretty, pretty okay career for Tiger. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw where his son is making fun of him a little bit because he has never seen him play great golf in person. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw you yesterday. Yeah. He's like, well, this is the best he's played in a while. I don't know. Well, <laughs> he can play golf. This guy is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. He's got metal. He's got a, he's got <laughs> nails in his leg and stuff. So it's kind of funny. What is one thing that you think that uh, NCAA enlisting in golf should change? Oh, is wow. there one, one thing that, 
it's particular or it's more important than others that for you that they should change? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, from my standpoint, I would work on the ideology of length of tournaments. Like, like I think, I think two round tournaments or three round tournaments should happen in the same number of periods, but I would actually do it differently. I would get in Saturday night. I would play the practice round Sunday and then I'd play the first round Sunday afternoon and then play 18, 18, 18, because the 36, 18 hole model, it's actually, I, I think, damaging to, in my industry, female golf teams, because, because it's just, there's no way to prepare and train for it um, at the level that you need to, because man, it's, it's, it's physically exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. Like it recount our steps on those days. And I think we're in the like 17 to 30,000 uh, step range mm -hmm. and like how how can you say that, that you have three hours to train every day right in essence mm -hmm. 20 hours a week and then that day we're going to have 15 hours to play there's such a misguided uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah misguided yeah. message that you're sending the student athletes that like and and literally like give us a card on sunday let us like ride the course take notes hit a few shots on the par threes set up the golf course for the afternoon and then okay 18 today 18 monday 18 tuesday and we're back in class and we miss the same amount of time like i would i would i would put a bylaw or a rule in where it had to be that way instead of saying oh you know it's 36 18 or 36 36 some schools are playing 27 27 you know we have to get a little bit more creative with with the, the length of tournaments because college golf it's funny like and, and this might be a controversial subject i don't know how you guys feel about it well actually you guys would probably have an opinion does college golf really get you ready for professional golf? And, and, and you have to ask yourself the truth, like, like, cause, cause a lot of people in the United States are junior golfers. And, you know, I, I still teach on the side. Like, they're like, I want to be a professional golfer. I'm like, man, well, like, have you thought about not going to college? <laughs> you know? And they're like, well, wait, you're a college coach. I go, I know, you know, it, it, it's, you have to weigh what's more important to you, the degree and, you know, the, the, the future of uh, a business uh, successful or career successful idea or really going at it and, and, and diving into a global elite competitive golfing mindset, you know, how do you train that? Well, you train that eight to 10 hours a day. You don't train that two hours a day. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and then, oh, by the way, you have four hours of homework. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then by the way, you're at the prime of your life, 15 to 24 with raging hormones going, Hey, I want to have fun too. So like, you know, the juggling act, and then, yeah, you, you know, what sacrifices are you going to choose, you know? And, and, and most likely, unfortunately, it's sometimes it's academics, sometimes it's golf. And well, wait a second, you want to be a pro and for five years, you actually never improved. And, and that really, I don't know that, that that's kind of a, you know, the, the elephant in the room, so to speak with how we do it in the U S compared to going to IMG or, or living in Korea or living in your Asian countries where, I mean, they get to train like professionals from the age of 12 to 18 yeah. it's like okay i'm ready to be a pro and they are averaging 66 and, and they're and they're taking over and uh you know i would say the female game and 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 look at the international presence and in, in, on the pga tour too you know? i think that's very very true because i remember when i got out of college okay let's be professional you know yeah you, you don't have an idea of how to what what to follow you know like it was right. you you just feel so alone and you are just so used to spending two hours three hours in the course that you're like okay that's enough but at the end right. of the day three hours a day is not enough it's not gonna oh be man enough. well and and you're right you know like the level of detail that you get into and, and mm -hmm. it's like i'm not asking and, and this is where people misunderstand me you know 
I'm never asking people to think over the ball or get analytical while they're hitting a golf shot, but I am asking them to get specific in their training, specific in their decision-making, specific with situations that you're going to have playing the game of golf. And it's like, you have to have an answer for everything because that one stroke could cost you your card. It could cost you, well, it's going to cost you money in the long run. And it's like, there isn't an option in, in not being able to, um, you know, be prepared for any situation that comes your way. And then, man, if you're not, you write it down you're like, you go practice it anyway. I mean, and, and, Mm -hmm. and that's what they don't tell you, you know, that's, that's, that's the part, the information you don't get in junior golf that you kind of need, you know, unless you're around guys that have lived it. How do you see it, Luca, that you like are birdie out of college you know i agree on some stuff but at the end of the day i think that college in general is great to build a discipline you have to have your own schedule you have to to be able to to schedule yourself right and uh golf wise i think that the golf courses that you play are very tough i mean uh pin placements and the golf courses uh the length of the golf course is tough I mean, uh, under that standpoint, I think it uh, prepares you, but it doesn't prepare you, like Brian said, uh, to play professionally, mm-hmm. I think. Well, you guys are doing a great job. And I think, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it's like you're two to three, you're two and three years removed from the college world, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like, imagine how much you've learned about yourselves and your careers the last two, uh, let's say 700 to 1,000 days. And you know what you're, and now I hear you guys are playing at an amazing level. Like you're, you're shooting double digits under par and you know exactly what you need to do for, for wherever it is, what part of the world you're in, whether it's Mexico or Europe or, or the United States. And it's like, that's, that's the education that, you know, gosh, like imagine if you'd got that when you were 18 and you're 21 yeah. and you're, you're doing that instead of 25. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now I have the answers. And, and, and also in, in college tournaments, in order to win, you still have to shoot like 15 to 20 under. That's most true. times right Absolutely. And you, even yeah. if if mm-hmm. it's blowing even if the course is hard i mean no matter what mm-hmm. there's always someone that is gonna shoot someone's 65. gonna take it deep yeah. yeah that's the impressive part about this and, and yeah and i think that that's why you see these uh these pga tour players that got out of college and they were winning in college and then they go play professionally and they win too that's right yeah they, they were able to shoot 15 to 20 under and then when they go on tour they shoot the same and and, and they're able to win, but you know. To be honest, I think, like, all those guys are coming from schools like Oklahoma State or yeah. Oklahoma or Arizona right. State. I, I, I don't know, but I feel that big schools like those have more preparation for, for the kids, if you want to call mm-hmm. it. more. I mean, they have more money for sure, so everything, they, they, they get everything, you know. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um the biggest asset that they have in helping them is they have literally an alumni base that has 15 to 25 former PGA tour members, hall of famers, major champions. I mean, like Arizona state, you know, Phil Nicholson, Oklahoma state, um, gosh, we could go down the list with a number of guys. Ricky Fowler is the the big one. Yeah. University of Texas. Yeah. Victor Hovland right now. And and like, and, and, and the coaches do a great job of like keeping them involved and, mm-hmm. and, and saying, Hey, look, like, this is what they're doing and watch. Like, and you think you're, you, you know, you're mad. You can't travel. Uh, I heard that there was a, a player from Oklahoma state this year that, that literally is one of the, he's ranked on the PGA tour university, um, uh, 13th or 15th in the PGA tour university. And he can't make the starting lineup at Oklahoma state. Like he literally <laughs> didn't qualify 
to travel the fall. And what does he do? He puts himself in the transfer portal and he's going to the University of Texas. And it's like, can you imagine that? I mean, guys, like he's literally going to get status. Well, it depends how spring goes, obviously, but he's in a position to get status and he can't track. He, he literally is finishing sixth in qualifying at Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm transferring. I'm going to UT. I'll, I'll play there. Like maybe, <laughs> but, but really, really interesting. And then, you know, you have to hand it to the alumni guys, because if they mentor the players, number one, it keeps the interest of the program going. Their job is to win national championships. And man, imagine like, hey, how do you deal with pressure? How do you practice? How do you eat? How do you how do you work out? You know, and and, and it's like Victor Hovland is the perfect. I mean, talk about playing with no fear and, and like really being honest with yourself, because because that's the whole key to this, this, this journey, right? This journey of competition. It's like, Learning to be honest with yourself and saying like, like Victor Hovland, I heard last year said, man, I need to work on my short game. Hires a short game coach. I think it was Cowan, not sure. And, and literally like works literally hours and hours end on end on his pitching around the greens, his short game shots, his repertoire of, of decisions. And it's like, and you look and man, he wins, he wins like three events right after that. <laughs> it's like, he's yeah. just being honest and he's still going to work hard. So there you go. Correct. And actually the thing you say that the school keeps the alumni pretty closed. Pretty, yeah. I mean, it's it's obvious because they want donations from them and be included right, in the program. Right. It's and, a cycle. It's a beautiful cycle. Uh-huh. I, I say it's a beautiful cycle because that's how you create a legacy. Exactly. And, you know, we're, we're going to attempt to do that here. And, and it, it requires facilities, it requires money, it requires success. And, and like like you guys, man, I can't wait till we get you, uh, you know, you guys get cars and, and, and our winners out there because you guys can do it. And it's like, okay. And then I was like, how do we get this, this train rolling that way? Mm-hmm. You know, with, with our new coach, uh, Houston Moore, I mean, he's, he's a young, energetic, uh, driven coach. That's going to be really, really good at that. I think so. Um, more power to us, um, uh, when it happens. Nice. Nice. I heard you guys are getting facilities and everything, right? Yeah. You know, uh, there should be a shovel on ground soon and, uh, man, We're going to have a nice little clubhouse locker room, uh, some technology that's going to be, we're getting putt view lasers. Um, you know, obviously I think a track man and, and, and ground reaction force mats or plates, I should say. Yeah. Um, and, and that should, that should allure us in, in, in stopping the guessing and trying to figure out mm-hmm. what we're working on, which will help. Mm-hmm. And then just having a home, you know, like having a home base to where it's like, Hey, this is your home. And this is where you would practice. It, it, it's going to be good. We're still going to travel and play golf around all of the Valley, of course, but at least we have a place to, to go and, Hey, let's get organized here in this room and, and let's study. Let's, let's, let's relax. Let's, let's get to work. I mean, all of the above. And I, I think that's, that's huge for the Valley. Like I remember when I was uh, a UTRGV player and sometimes I, we lacked mo- motivation to, to keep going, you know? Um, I understand, and I, yeah. and, I, and I feel having all that is like okay, like they they the school cares about me, you know, like they're giving me these chances of improving, because man, when we were there, it was crazy. It was the facilities were nothing, and it was just like man, we have this and go grind your ass off and and yeah. wish you luck, man. But now, YouTube is putting a lot of money, so that's so great to see. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah, we want to invest in our student athletes and the future of the of the golf programs, plural. I think, and, and there's also two ways to look at it like this. It's like you guys, what you guys did develop, though, I will say this, and in which I appreciate being 48 years old, is 
the the intrinsic motivation to succeed. I mean, because you were your own drivers of your success and you literally, you're like, nothing is gonna stop me from succeeding. So I'm gonna keep working and working and working. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna motivate myself, you know, and, and, and go get it. And, and that's one thing that I can relate to because growing up in Laredo, I grew up on a municipal golf course. Uh, there was literally dirt fairways and gr the greens were okay. They were, they were decent. And man, I got creative and played my own games and just, mm -hmm. I figured out how to succeed, how to win. And, and, and that's a beautiful thing because man, that's a, it's a learned skill. And sometimes the environment creates it. And sometimes you got to create it yourself. And, and when you have the belief system that, you create it yourself, no matter where you are, and nothing's going to stop you, then you, you truly become unstoppable. Brian, I, I know that you follow mindfulness a lot. And yeah. I want to ask you this, how, how does mindfulness and, and meditation help the game of golf and an and athlete in general for you? Yeah, so for me, it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey. I, I started that way in, uh, gosh, I was introduced to hypnosis, actually, in the early 2000s. And I, I had a, a gentleman by the name of Hugh Morris who ran a golf program using hypnosis uh, called Total Focus Golf. Um, I think he passed, but he was an Air Force. Um, he was an Air Force pilot, and you know he'd put us in a chair and 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 kind of get us in a trance, so to speak, you know, through our breath. And then he would re reprogram our subconscious a little bit with with some past traumas that had occurred. And, and he'd reframe them, restructure them to where we understood them now as the adult that we were. And man, it was very liberating, very freeing to understand, um, you know, the mis <laughs> the misunderstandings or the misguidedness you have when you're a kid and, 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 and how you shape your belief systems. Well, then what occurred was, is like, man, I started feeling a lot of peace and clarity and I really enjoyed that. So I, I used my emotions and my feelings to actually go to peace and clarity in, in that state. And that's what I wanted. That's how I want to live my life with, with clarity and, and, and that peaceful feeling. So the, the meditation, the breath and stuff, and it's funny, my partner, she like, like I really deep, I, I, when I meditate, like I breathe deep, 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 and I can exhale for 45 seconds now, a minute almost. Yeah. And it's like, I just love the way I, um, you know, oxygen feeds the brain. I love the circulation through my muscles. And it's like, man, and, and I'm not thinking and overthinking because I have a really fast brain, as you can tell when I'm, when I'm talking and stuff. It, it, it really creates that, that, that kind of flowingness of uh, just being connected to the present moment. And I feel uh, that state in golf where I'm just a part of my environment and connected to my environment. And then it allows me to use my eyes to play the game instead of my thoughts. And I, 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 I try and teach that to people in, in, and I'm using specific language, specific words. And it's new terminology to most people because, you know, self-awareness is, you gotta be vulnerable, right? You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta learn to be honest with yourself and, and, and not judge yourself because we're so quick to judge ourselves as human beings that then it goes down this spiral of like, oh man, I gotta punish myself, you know? It's like action, judgment, punishment, instead of going action, effect. Let's just, okay, like, okay, that's not who I am. That's what occurred. Let's, let's move through it. And we can always move through it through, through breath or through just being present and, 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 and kind of like, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and in that 10 seconds, like I wasn't thinking I was feeling my diaphragm open up. I was feeling oxygen mm-hmm. through my body. And, and that's how I get excited about, about life and about my pureness and oneness and connected to the universe or space or however you want to work it. That's awesome. And that's also how you get in the zone playing golf, right? Uh, yes, yes. Um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful state when you just allow what's supposed to happen to happen. Yeah. You know, everybody uses labels that describe things at such a, I don't know, I, I don't like to use the word negative, but almost destructive <laughs> uh, level or uh, so euphoric, like the high and the low, the roller coaster of, of, of swings. And it's like, man, it is and just allow it to be. And then, hey, this, this next millisecond is probably going to change if you allow it mm-hmm. to. You know? So and it's like, well, let's be ready for the next millisecond because that's all we have. That's awesome. Thank you for explaining that. No, no problem. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Hopefully, I didn't uh, go off too much, but yeah. No, no it was all us. good. We we like to learn new things <laughs> from from. I, I hope you're learning. You guys, you guys teach me too, though. It's it's fun. I'm, I I I know this is your podcast and stuff, but I have a question for you guys. Like, okay. man, this modern game. I'm trying to get faster right now. Um, I'm trying to stay fit. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going out for the champions tour, but I do want to get more competitive in the section. I'm averaging 75 to 77. My club head speed's about 106. You know, how are you guys training your speed regimen? Because I hear you guys are swinging at it faster and your wedge distance control in the modern era because like all this speed training, right? And getting faster is affecting my ability and coordination to control distances mm-hmm. now. And, and I don't know what to do about that. I'll be honest with you. Like I've actually asked this question to experts I went to a seminar last month in the South Texas PGA. And sure enough, I was talking to the guys that built the swing speed golf or something like, I, I don't remember the name of the company, but, um, and I asked that question and they were like, Oh, well, you just get on track man and, and, and let it go. No, I go, you don't understand. <laughs> like, like, like you, you just recalibrate your distances at those speeds. And I'm like, uh, well, there's no finesse involved, you know, there's no, there's no constant momentum. And it's like, I got speed, but my arms are going too fast for my body and I don't have control of the bottom. And that's, maybe it's just me. I don't know. It could be, but I want to know what to do about that. That's very true because I remember when, when I lost a lot of weight, I started swinging a little faster and my body was moving super different. Uh, and I remember it took me, took me a few months to like get used to well, I, I, first of all, I understood that I was going to suck for a bit, that my short game was going to be gone for a bit and just start working with your new body, your new feelings, your new okay. speeds. I, I remember that helping a lot. And, but I used to cheap a lot, like inside 80 yards. I would do a lot oh. of that every, every day. So just rep it, rep, just rep, 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 okay. rep. And then and I'll get I, I'm not trying to be the same as the past because you're not going to be. You know, okay. you need to get used to the new you or the new speed because it's, you're not going to go back to what you were. You're evolving to a new player. So you just have to get used to your new body and your new motions and flexibility and everything. It changes a lot. Yeah. My, uh, my partner, she's a, she's an exercise expert. And the thing is, is that she's gotten me really strong and man, like I, I can't believe how strong I am, but man, my coordination. Um, it's interesting. Like if I'm, I got a 60 yard wedge shot off a tight lie with a 60 degree or like a smooth 54. Like I look, I, I look literally like 
the most uncoordinated person on the planet, I think. Well, it <laughs> so, makes make sense because you you practice the same way for 30 years. Yeah. 35 years. So to uh, adapt to something new, it's going to take you some reps, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm going to figure it out, but it's just, it's, it's one of the questions I have because the guys are doing, I mean, you guys are figuring it out, obviously. I mean, with the scores that everyone's shooting around the world, but I mean, that's just, that's my head scratcher right now. For me, what, what will help me the most, um, it was using the, the clockwork, you know, with the wedges. So okay. 50 yards is here, uh, 65, 75, 80, blah, blah, blah. You and know, you're using, it's, how are you, how are you controlling the same tempo or the same energy or the same club head speed with for, the half for, wedge? For me, it's all, it's all in the wrist at least. So I, I feel like when I, once I go up, I feel like the wrist and my arms are moving in the same, uh, at the same tempo. You know, okay. so, so, so I, I don't cut my wrist or I don't do anything weird with my wrist. I, I just put them down, you know, okay. with my so arms. You're feeling, you're, so, so your feel is through your hands and your, yeah. okay. I can, so I can. so it, it's basically like feeling like you, your body and, and golf club are moving at the same speed. Okay. Instead of your, your arms and, and hands doing some different things at the same time, you know, that helped me a lot with distance control, especially under a hundred yards. I, I really almost, I mean, let's say in between five yards from the target, it, it's always there, you know, just by controlling my, my wrists and, and the movement of my body with my wrists. That's what happened the most, which I feel like in my, in my driver, when I try to hit the ball long, it's the opposite feeling, you know, right. I no, try to swing I... as fast as I can with, with my hands and uh, let my, my body go a little bit faster than my hands. Kind of like what Rory McIlroy does so well, right? I try to yeah. emulate that a lot of feet with my lower body and just let the hands do do whatever they want without thinking well, much about that. Yeah, I heard your club at speed has increased by 10 miles an hour, maybe more. Is that true? Um, you know, yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, what have you done to do that? Is it just speed training or weightlifting or uh, I, did you meet somebody that uh, turned you <laughs> on to something? What, what do you got here? Well, I, I have a coach here in, in Miami. He's uh, one of the MAT guys, the muscle activation techniques. Oh, and I okay. see him every week. Uh, he's one of the guys that work with Bryson and stuff. So okay. he does a lot of um, activation of, of the muscle that are improperly working uh, in your body. Because it's basically what muscle activation technique does is that um, when your body is not working properly, it's because um, a few muscles in your body are not activated, right? So what he does, he activates the muscles that are not working properly and he activates them so that now all your muscles in your body are activated at the same time, right? So it's crazy because after I do a session with him, I feel so much lighter and I always tell him that I feel so much lighter because now all my muscles are working at the same time and they're working perfectly and they are coordinated. Right. Yeah. So I was able to increase my, my swing speed by more than 10 miles an hour in just in the last year. And that's incredible. Okay. Yeah. yeah that helped me that. so much. And, and is it through, is it through weightlifting, through movement, through, I mean, we, we do something here. 
Yeah, yeah, we do some weightlifting, but uh, it's more about uh, activating the muscles. It's kind yeah. of like going to a, not, not like a chiropractor, but kind of where he puts you in a position and, and tells you to do an exercise and that helps you. Uh, you need to do an exercise to move, to activate the particular muscle, right? Okay. So he puts you in the table and tells you to do these exercises. And then after that, after all the muscles are working properly, we go do some weightlifting uh, and stuff. Interesting. But, okay. Yeah. Wow. And then that, uh, that helped my balance so much too, because now, you know, my weight is 50, 50 on, on, on the legs and I'm not overworking some part of the body that shouldn't be overworking and stuff like that. Okay. And, and man, and I'm sure that you, man, it probably injury prevention is a, is a, is a yeah. yeah, huge. It's crazy that's because so, when, that's so crucial. Like yeah, when, when I played uh, college golf, my my lower back will always hurt, and yeah. now uh, in in the last two years, I never had a problem with my lower that's back impressive. or anything. And you're practicing more than way more than you did. Yeah, I'm practicing more, and then also going back to the to the swing speed. Uh, at the end of every practice session, I always hit like 10, 15 drivers as fast as I can, and yeah. just just go after it. yeah go after it and then you're gonna see that after every practice session you're gonna increase a little bit of swing speed and then your body is gonna adapt to that uh, swing speed and so now you're hitting your i'm sure you've gained uh let's see probably that's what 36 yards let's say 30 yards yeah if i hit as fast as i can yes yeah and then and your irons what what return to uh what what return uh of investment did you get on your irons like eight yards 12 yards uh yeah yeah about oh, okay five to to 12 yards in in the longer okay. irons but and that's an well yeah yeah it's huge also because in in the irons i feel like balance is more important than the club speed and that's yeah. what will help me the most uh, having more consistency and more distance control in the irons. That's been a big part of, you know, shooting low, lower scores. That's awesome. Good for you, man. I hear you guys are playing great golf, man. Like, let's go get it in 23. Let's yeah. do it. I was going to ask you, Brian, what, one of the last questions, what are your sure. plans for, for next year? Where do you see yourself? Yeah. So man, uh, building the successful program. I mean, it, it's, it's funny. Like I really am proud of myself, the job I've done the last four to five years. Um, I feel as though I need to make some adjustments because I think we're beginning to hit a little bit of a wall and uh, I'm going to invest in a recruiting uh, company. I'm going to invest in uh, like the university is investing in uh, the facility. Um, I want to take this program to top 100 and I'm going to modify our training a little bit more to where we're playing 18 holes three to four times a week. And that's going to be our practice because I think that the maintenance can be done on their own time with their swings and their, their, their short games, but like, scoring we have to get back to the root of scoring like every day your job is to shoot the lowest score you possibly can you know we were at an outing with at&t i, I got lucky uh one of our uh, donors invited me to uh, go to at&t and jordan spieth got to uh, do it with maverick mcneely and i got to pick both of their brains on how would you train in today's modern game and and jordan said it best to uh, john amore who uh, god is a great good friend of mine and, and a great donor to the university he uh, told uh, John Amore, because his son's 14, I've been working for a year and a half, two years, and I'm doing the best I can. And, and he's, he's an, a, a great young, skilled golfer. But Jordan said this to uh, John, and it was real simple. It was like, okay, 
<laughs> uh, rule number one is learn how to shoot 67 every day. <laughs> like literally learn how to shoot five under every day. And until you do that, you're, you're not ready. <laughs> number two, learn to hit it as far as you can. Like, I mean, as far as you can, whatever, however, whatever, bomb it, learn to bomb it. And then third, surround yourself with a group of competitive people that have the same idea of being elite competitors, of being uh, great, great players and, and, and creating the environment where you can compete each other, push each other, uh, man, because learning how to compete and learning to be a competitor is two different things. And right now, you know, in this area, there's not a lot of, uh, I, I would say that there, there is maybe one high school where the guys, four guys are going at it every day with each other, which is really good. And they're the ones that make it to state, I think, all the time. But, you know, having a community to say, like, I want to be the top 10, top 20 in yeah. the country from this area, you know, that's lacking. So I want to get my game in shape where I can show them that, hey, your coach can play. Um, you know, right now I'm shooting in the mid-70s, which isn't any good. But once I start practicing and getting my game together, because next semester, the assistant coach, Paola Cortez Ortiz and myself, we're going to become players. Like, we've, we've decided we're going to, if you're not going to follow the words that are in your program, well, we're going to, we're going to show you how to do this. And every day we're going to chip and putt. We're going to get competitive with them. And we're going to post our scores of where we're at. And that's going to count as team members and be like, Hey, and we're going to push each other. So we're going to create yes. that environment as well. Awesome. Ryan, I, I have a question that we asked everyone. What yeah, do you think of, what, what do you think of live golf? Are you yeah, with it um, or? So, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I am. Um, I think, I think it's a free, it's a free market. Like, you know, I don't, I don't get in the political conversation about it. Um, you know, do I agree with those things? Absolutely not. But, but this is a, this is a chance to play professional golf. And if we don't evolve with our, um, our perception of the game, how is it really going to grow? You know, like mm -hmm. it's a fun environment. Like right now, like people don't know these statistics, but, <laughs> but, but the truth is in the United States, there's 350 million people. I think only nine to 10% play golf. Mm. Like that's it. It's too expensive. It takes too long. It's too time consuming. Well, man, if you give me a cart, you give me music, you give me an atmosphere and they do it at the professional level, like, man, it's faster and it's, <laughs> it's more involved. At, like, I mean, it's a good deal. And then like guys, Soccer players signed for a hundred million dollars. Like, what was the what did Ronaldo sign for last week, guys? You remember? Two hundred million. Two hundred million. Yeah, I mean, like, yet, why can't yeah. golfers play for that much money too? You know, and it's like, yeah. what's wrong with that? If that's going to happen around the world, like, why should golf be excluded? <clears throat> yeah. And guys, I love the PGA Tour. Like, man, they have they give. Hey, they're it's fair. You know, I got to go to qualifying school. I got to get my card. And the PGA Tour is saying the best people that shoot the lowest scores earn their way to play on our tour. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, okay. I mean, they have dominated the market for 40 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now these guys are saying, hey, we want to compete with you. A little competition yeah. goes a long way. And, and you know what, like that's, that's life-changing money. I mean, it's both earning it. And, and, mm -hmm. and by the way, the guys on the live tour have earned it as well. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they, they're, they're marketable, they're talented. They've, they've dedicated 20, 30 years or 10 or five, 10, 20, 30 years of their careers to the game. And it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm, Hey, any, anywhere we can play golf, we all love the game. Let's do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, me too. 
Do you think that they, they should be able to play majors and Ryder Cups and President Cups, all of that? Yeah, like I think, I mean, if you're an independent contractor, you're an independent contractor and you should decide where yeah. where you can play, you know? I mean, like, I, I, man, like for me, like if I had to do my career all over again, I'm 22, 23 years old, I'm on a plane to Europe. I'm not playing the mini tours here. I'm going to Europe and I'm, I'm doing it all over again, guys. And I'm going to go and I'm going to get my card over there. I'm going to go play and travel the world and get global experience instead of driving 45,000 miles a year playing in, playing in uh, you know, I don't know, Louisiana somewhere. And mm -hmm. uh, gosh, where did I play up there? You know, outside of Shreveport. <laughs> And, and literally and then getting in my car and going again, you know, it's, it's, it, it was a talk about a grind. I, and, and that's why I started playing PGA Tour Canada because I wanted to play on a stage where it was like world ranking points. And it, the, the, the ambiance was that of a, a, a global tour, an international tour, at least. And I think that um, we have got to get to a place where we just accept all competitive worlds and, and keep growing. You really want to grow the game, allow, allow different, ideas and experiments to occur you know yeah all right well that's it luca i don't know if you have any more questions for yeah that was awesome thank you so much brian for no your hey time. thank you guys hey for man anytime. i appreciate you guys as a uh, and as friends and uh, as uh, as as players man you guys keep up the good work and i'm going to be in san antonio soon so you guys want to play or uh, or you can come see or uh, yeah your muscle activation uh, specialist. I, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I'll send you his link so you, you can check it out and tell me <laughs> what you think. Sounds good, man. Hey, you guys take care.